Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. USA! USA! Shot clock turned off. Calvary. Hall. Eight to shoot. Hall. The runner! Loose ball! It's good! Williams Goss comes out of the pack. Matthews for three. It's time for Zag's Hoop Talk with Jack and Zach on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, wow. Here's Jack Ferris. They found mold in my apartment. And Rob Zachary. All I was thinking about is, like, how do you know what things to use to wipe? Believe in the Zags. I'm Jack Ferris. We are without the services of one Rob Sacre. He's a busy dude. Allow me to say this to you. Happy Final Four Friday. Has anyone said that today? Happy Final Four Friday. Well, happy Good Friday. You know, JC, this is a pro-Jesus podcast. Jesuit. Jesuit what? I'm not going to do the Jesuit thing anymore. That's We used to do that. I'm not. Anyway, happy Final Four Friday. If you're driving home from work right now, have one on me when you get home or to when you, you get to whatever open bar you're going to for happy hour. If you're headed to work, maybe not so much. Maybe you have a coffee. Pace yourself. Long weekend. Big weekend. Big Friday show for you. Very appropriate Friday show. Friday appropriate, however you want to say it. In about uh, five, six minutes, we will be joined by my twin sister, my twin sister who went to UCLA, we uh, we make a pretty big wager, and I'm not being hyperbolic there. We make a big wager. And when you get to the wager portion of this this pod, you're going to say, yeah, Jack wasn't, he wasn't lying. That's a pretty good-sized bet. I'm not giving her any points, though. Speaking of giving up points, we will be chatting with the host of Believe in LA Betting, Christopher Lewerp. He's going to get you all sharpened up. He's going to get your mind right heading into Final Four weekend, the final weekend uh, of the gambling season for college basketball. Excellent stuff. This guy's sharp. I followed him, subscribed to the podcast immediately. He's going to wow you. Truth tree, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't packed a thing and my flight to Indy is in about 12 hours. In fact, I'm staring at a mountain of laundry in the corner of my room just trying to will it to wash itself. I live the laundromat life though, you know? The vast majority of people in general, obviously the listeners as well, are thinking, just put it in the washer, dude. Hey, well, listen, I have to walk like four blocks to put it in the washer. Then I have to hang out there. Then I got to move it. Then I got to hang out there. Then I got to walk it back. So you have to like plan a night, a day, an afternoon around laundry. So don't judge. Okay, sorry for yelling. I'm not going to yell. We're being happy, positive, positive vibes, up, down, and around, Final Four Friday. I am juiced, honestly. The laundry will get done. I will be in Indianapolis. Destination Zag games are the best. Whether it's, you know, a neutral site at Phoenix for a Tennessee game in December or Indianapolis for the Final Four. Oh, Indy's a little bit more exciting, but you know what I mean. Going to... Another city for a Zag game is so much fun. If you're in downtown Indy, hit me up. Let's party. 
I'll be with Zag Chick Lissa. Uh, I'm not staying with her, but we're partying. You can text her at 509-993. Just kidding. That was a joke. What I'm not kidding about, though, folks, is Zags minus 14. Cannot wait to get my bet in on betonline.ag. If you haven't done it yet, what are you waiting for? It's the last betting weekend of the of the season. Betonline.ag. Use your mobile device to sign in. You get a 50% off welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, if you're not so juiced for the Zags, if you're more anxious, you're stressed out, you're worried, our newest sponsor, they got you covered. Sunday Scaries, CBD gummies, folks. Take the anxiety, the anxiety, the stress right out of your lives. And guess what? There's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. If the product's not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries is in the stress-relieving business, not the stress-causing business. I got you 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com. Use promo code ZAGS, Z-A-G-S. That's promo code ZAGS for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. This is I they they write this. I have to say this. They're effing amazing and you won't regret joining their squad. No, they really are awesome. And I've done some CBDs, so I'm not just some guy. 25% off Sundayscaries.com. Promo code Zags. Okay, finally, before we get to uh the interviews, shout out to one of the newer Zag fans, uh, one of the newer members to the Zag fan community. My buddy Colleen texted me, and Colleen's a very big USC Trojan, so I thought this was going to be something else entirely. But she said her uncle Chris is a uh, a big fan of all the podcasts, all the Zag podcasts. Although Chris, there's only one that's giving you a shout out right now. Chris Shabelli, welcome to the family. Stick around, stick around. It sounds like you're good luck, Chris, because we've done nothing but win since you've been a fan. Another note about my friend Colleen is that she is or has a fraternal twin brother and I have a fraternal twin sister. Let's meet her. From the corner! Okay, Bridget Ferris was born uh, May 2nd, 1988 at uh, 7.17 p.m. Standard time. Is that right? You would, know, you, you would know better than me. You were there. Right, because it was 35 minutes after I was born. Bridget, a lot. all my college friends know that I have a twin, but they're always like, oh, that's right, you have a twin. Huh, and is, is it the same way in your world? Your post high school uh, friend world? Yes, yeah, and I, it feels like even though I remind people about once every couple years or so, my colleagues or good friends will forget and then wanna hear all about you. And I try to swiftly change the conversation. Good, good. So yeah. when people ask me what it is you do, I have two bullet points that I always go by. Would you like to hear them? I hope they're not going to get me in trouble with my job, but yes. I subscribe to two bullet points. Number one, uh, universal music. Mm-hmm, accurate. That stands up. And then the other one is Ariana Grande. I just toss out the name Ariana Grande. Yep. Don't, I mean, I don't work for Ariana Grande, so that's a little inaccurate, but she's one of the artists. She's one of the artists uh, under universal. So she's, she, she is one of the uh, many artists repertoires who I helped to champion at my job. Could you, could you describe yourself elevator pitch to the people? Um, like, like a job interview pitch? I or? guess. Yeah. yeah. I'm like a job interview. Um, uh, well, I'm a twin. That's, that's important to point out. Yep. I'm a twin. Uh, 
I work in the music industry. I live in Santa Monica. I've lived in LA since 2006. Uh, came down here for college, never left. And um, I am, yeah, that's it. I, that's, that's all I got. People. You just got engaged, but that oh, doesn't, that's true. That doesn't yeah, define I got you. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm way past any kind of relationship statuses, but that is sure. That is sure. Probably a, a bullet point I should start adding to my elevator pitch. One point that uh, just came to my mind that uh, the listeners of this show will think is wild is Bridget actually works for the same company as Anna Widmer, wife of uh, Sean Slim Widmer. So, when describing you, should I stick to my bullet points or should I update them? What should I update? What should I change? Um, I mean, you could be. Uh, you could add verbs, like not just nouns, and say that you know. I work in I work in marketing at Universal Music Group. Marketing at marketing. Universal. Music. What's what's so? What's yeah. your title? I'm a vice president. I'm a VP of marketing. Mm, see that's see that's the power drop right there. That's that that's a that's a, ju- a juicy title. Um, I don't want to show off though. I don't want to show off. Yeah, so maybe I'll just yeah. keep it. At- I also don't want to get random people to ask me for jobs or for like internships, which might happen. So just I tell love, them I work for insurance. I love the um, informational emails that people send. Like just hey, what do you think? Blah blah blah. Just putting out feelers. My favorite is when people email me asking for their kids for an internet or inter, uh, informational email on behalf of their son or daughter who are interested, but the kid couldn't help themselves to email directly. So the kid wants a job at Universal or a music career. Either or. I get I get probably fifty fifty. Okay. Yeah. What do you, what's what's more annoying? You don't have to answer that. Yeah. Uh, Strengths. You went to UCLA. I That's did. Right. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Do you do you remember the story of how you got your acceptance letter? I do. I, I remember I came home from school. It must have been April or May, and there was no, a it big. Was old it was. It was March. March. It was March. That's true. Yeah, it had to be March. It was. It was March. Um, and I, there was a big packet on the kitchen island with UCLA's block letters, and you know everything short of welcome written across it. And I was very excited. And you were on the couch, a little despondent, but I just thought maybe you were uh, not taking as much joy in my achievement than you normally would. Um, and I, you know, I, I, sh- I, sh- I shook it and I said, yeah, I got it. And then I started calling mom and dad and my friends. Um, and you stayed on that couch until uh, maybe a few minutes or hours later when I found out why you were so despondent. Yeah. So uh, I got my waitlist letter the same day that Bridget got her acceptance letter to UCLA, my waitlist letter at Gonzaga. And our getting the mail at our parents' place is a chore. Because it's like 200 yards away from the house. You have to bring a key. And, you know, it's like college admissions time. It's late March. You got to go. You got to check all the time. So it, it had been like a couple of days. I was home earlier for some reason. I go down and here's a giant envelope in this tiny little, what is it? Like five by five inch box. Like, yeah, it's small. The, the mailbox thing makes no sense. It's definitely like a homeowner's association. They don't want to give anyone any kind of individuality when it comes to their own mailboxes. Neither here nor there. So this giant package that says UCLA on it next to this envelope that says Gonzaga University on it. So I bring it home and I don't, it, I don't know if that was a Monday or Tuesday, but that Thursday, the Gonzaga Bulldogs faced UCLA uh, in Oakland in the Sweet 16, the Adam Morrison game. And that's that. I mean, I eventually got in, but 
for for a, about 10 days and I've admitted this for about 10 days I wasn't a huge Zag fan. The po- the poetry of that week can never be understated. I think the fact that we as twins always very competitive um always there and we were very dedicated to I think what our dream schools were. Um mine being UCLA and yours of course Gonzaga. Is it Gonzaga or Gonzaga? You know the answer to that. Zig Zag. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But people, I feel like when I talk to people out in the world, because I do share this story is what I'm getting at. People always say Zaga and I'm like, that's not right. But I, I, okay. You're like, right. Are they right? Yeah, no, exactly. So, but the, but the poetry of us each receiving our responses the same day, which also makes no sense. Cause one is from the university of California system. And one is just a Jesuit private school. Like there's no reason why they should have come on the same day and they did. And then within the few days of that, this huge upset happens, which shouldn't have happened. And poor, poor Adam Morrison on the court with that image that has been kind of cemented in in CTUA history um, happened that time. So it's just something that it's, it's very interesting that we circle back and here we are at a similar stage. Yeah. People just forget that we faced again in 2015 and we beat you by like 25 with Kevon Looney on the floor. People are just brushing that aside this week, which that's fine. That's how it goes. Yeah. Uh, One last story before we get into UCLA stuff. On May 2nd, 2004, Bridget and I were pulled from school by my mom to go do our DMV tests, to do our driving tests. Because obviously we have to do it together because we were born on the same day. And it was our 16th birthday. And naturally, I go first. Well, Jack, you made yourself go first. You, well, yeah. you, you put your foot down as the older sibling and said, I was born first. I get to go first. How, how does that not make sense? <laughs> I was just, I'm just laying out the the uh, the uh, quilts of information for the for the listeners so they understand what you did here. And so, we go out there, me and my my instructor. We drive around and it's I'm nailing it. It's going perfect. And we, uh, you know, you're out there for what like 12 minutes, 15 minutes, and uh, come back in, park, you know, turn the engine off. She goes, okay. Unfortunately, you failed. What had happened was I had stopped in a keep clear zone in front of a firehouse. It just so happened that if you're the fourth car in line at this intersection, you have to keep clear, like back two spots. And I blew it. And Bridget goes and takes her. Did you have the same instructor? Um, I don't know, but I had a different route. They had they had like three routes you can do. So you, so you just didn't go by the... Did you know how I had failed when you were on your test? Because I feel like that'd be a hot tip. I think I did, but I went to a different way or I wasn't oh. stopped at that red light. So I got spared by the flow of traffic. Yeah. So if you had a, if you had been a gentleman and let ladies go first, I probably would have failed that way. You wouldn't. I Okay. Maybe I, honestly, I would have failed. I would have flunked too. I did not realize I would have been too too aware of my mirrors without realizing that I couldn't stop there. That They must get so many kids. God bless them. But anyway, we had to go back to school. And you know, when you go back to school on your 16th birthday, having taken the DMV test, everyone's like, well, and I had to say I failed. And Bridget was like showing off her, her paper. Yeah. License. I can, I so can it a bummer deal. Guess what? Crushed it two weeks later. Um, UCLA. This is a broad question, but could you do yourself to describe the relationship of the average UCLA student with, with, UCLA athletics, specifically the basketball team. Like, are you going to every single game? Are you watching every single game? And oh my, by the way, Bridget was there for two Final Fours, her freshman yeah. sophomore year. Russell Westbrook. Yep. Love Holiday. 
Yeah. I think, I think, um, yeah, as an active student, it's top of mind. Um, we obviously, we have a, you know, a a football team and we have a beautiful stadium in the Rose bowl, but our, our stadium's like 15 miles to 20 miles in LA traffic away from our school and our football team's not great. So the, the culture is very much a basketball culture on, on campus in terms of people's waiting in line multiple days and camping out to get to the student section of Poly Pavilion. How many football games did you actually go to? So I worked for the ticket office, oh, right. the athletic department. So I would work the bus. So I never had to wait in line for basketball games or football games. Cause I would either work in the box office for the first half of the game and then go in and watch, or I would just sneak in with my coworkers and watch from watch from there. How often did you see like the Hooper athletes walking around campus? Every day, every other day, once a week. Uh, Just trying to get one, an idea. Once a week or once every two weeks. It was. I mean, you you, you can't miss them. Yeah. But they're. Um. But it's a, it's a large school. Do you? And I'm not trying to like expose UCLA fans. I'm just trying to get an idea because I think Gonzaga is a whole other animal. Are you on a text thread with college friends that discusses UCLA athletics? No, but I'm also. No, I'm not. Okay. I also don't run a podcast about UCLA athletics. Though. Okay. Well, here's the thing about that. I just about everyone that went to Gonzaga is on some kind of text thread with Gonzaga as you, yeah, friends that, as that you should be. I was very in tuned with my athletic department friends, my first half of my UCLA career. And then the second half, I, 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 I changed friends over to of a more theater group. So, um, they're not the most sports oriented, um, but their text chains are delightful. I'd imagine. So yeah. maybe you can invite me on one time. I will say the, the current thing that we do that, that does get brought up both in theater agnostic, just U- UCLA is people are loving obviously the women's gymnastics team. And that was just starting to ramp up in our athletic ticketing around the time that I was there in terms of, you know, our, our art school having a really fun and very competitive team. Samantha Pesnick, Samantha Peznesnik. Right. Are you impressed by that? Yeah. I mean, that was, that was good. That was good immediate. And you, you didn't have time to Google. So nope, I'm looking, I'm making eye contact with you. Zero yep. Googles. All right. Uh, plans for the game. How will you be spending your, your final four afternoon evening? So I have committed to being, which I'm, I'm going to watch the game, but I've committed to um, having a small group of friends uh, throw me an engagement party. Um, oh, but I've, <laughs> I've already committed to, uh, there being a television involved in that. So oh, okay. there'll be, there'll be either something to commiserate with alcohol wise or something to celebrate with. Um, and then I'll make sure the, my fiance is there who is a, uh, an alumni, an alumnus of Pitt who mm-hmm. had a good, who had a good, you know, uh, March madness run back when we were in school too. So mm-hmm. He can hopefully celebrate on my end, but I do have my, I should have brought it out. I have my Gonzaga um, fan t-shirt that you gave me from part of the fan club when I went to visit you in the oh, kennel club. Kennel yeah. club. Yeah. It has a Papa John's uh, sponsorship. Um, that didn't age well, did it? Didn't age well, but it's starting to peel off. So I think in the next couple washes, it'll be, it'll be a, a, a fair, a fair weather shirt. Um, but I have that ready to go. And I have a UCLA LA athletic shirt ready to go for a Monday night, no matter what happens. Pat Bridget's uh, fiance likes to play the numbers as well. So I'm guessing he's leaning Gonzaga minus 14. Have you talked to him about it? That's the exact Vegas odds right now. That's what I'm saying. I mean, oh. not, I'm not saying that he's handicapping, but that's where he's going to put his money. 
Um, we don't discuss what he does with his finances, although I think I probably can ask now. Um, I have I put down money on UCLA just because it's it'll make it make it more interesting and bigger, bigger, bigger payout. So I think I think superficially he's going to be cheering for UCLA, but I wouldn't be surprised if his money was on the other team. Finally, we were texted uh, by our uncle. He brought up the fact that we uh, or he he asked if we have a bet on the line and we don't. No. And I was doing some brainstorming this morning and I think I came up with one. So we don't want to do a point spread, but obviously my bet has to be worth what I'm willing to give up has to be worth more than what you're willing to give up. Correct. That's fair. We're going to Maui in January, right? Unless I get married in January, but yes, we'll go to Hawaii as a family soon. But we're going to Hawaii as a family soon. Yep. Okay. If Gonzaga wins, you have to pay for half of my round at Kapalua. Are you saying golf things? Half of your round. Okay. If if Gonzaga wins. How much is a Kapalua full round? A plantation, January. I don't know, but a couple, 300 bucks. Okay. It's not the cheapest thing. Okay. If UCLA wins, yep, I'll get a tattoo. I pick the place. You pick what it is. Yeah, I mean, I pick. I pick geography where it is on me. You sure. pick what it is, and I just trust that you won't completely ruin me. I've been proposed to in the last thirty days, but I can tell you this is the easiest question I've answered in the last month a thousand times. Yes. Would you have said you you'll pay for the whole round at Plantation? Yes. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. All right. That's a bet. That's fair. Uh, Dad's going to hate this. Well, so, um, yeah, he's going to have to pay the whole thing, isn't he? Um, well, uh, yeah. Well, he, okay. So when we're there, we'll be there in late January or when are you getting married? Are we going to break some news here? I'm like, cause the PGA is there the first week of January, I think. Yeah. There's no day that weekend yet. Okay, can't play that. Well, I don't think we're going to go or for New Year's. I think it would be a January or around mom's birthday. Okay. This is, so this is some, is. Uh, yeah, inside baseball for the fans. <laughs> you have no, you have no counter. I mean, the tattoo is pretty sweet. And if you're, I know, I know you're confident and I know you don't want to get a tattoo. So. All right. Done deal. I think, I think we're good. We can, we can zoom shake on it. If I had said full round, you would have said, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I probably would want to do some quick Googling, but that's on you. That's your... I mean, it's a lock. Yeah. It's an absolute lock. I'm I'm glad you're confident. I'm going to check out uh, Plantation right after this. Uh, She's Bridget Ferris, my twin sister. I'm her 35-minute elder. Anything you want to add before we go to a guy who talks about gambling for a living? Yeah, go Bruins. From the corner! I love Gonzaga. I have a twin sister who loves UCLA. I have an older sister who went to Cal, which, you know, what are you going to do? One thing we all have in common, we all love shoes. Now, whether rare, dead stock, or the latest release, find the exact shoe that you're looking for always on eBay sneakers. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Once again, If you're worried about, oh, it's eBay, oh, you know, my shoes are, you know, 
my my foot is my temple, et cetera, et cetera. Listen, a team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspections. So again, go to ebay.com slash sneakers today, eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. From the all right, Christopher Lewart of Believe in Betting LA. Christopher, thank you for the time this afternoon. We appreciate it. My pleasure, Jack. Uh, I got to ask you a question first. I knew what is a Gonzaga? Happen. What is it? Uh, well, I've never heard of a Gonzaga. It's a Gonzaga. <laughs> we don't Gonzaga. Like, oh, like a zigzag. Yeah. And it's funny. So if you're up in the mid in the Midwest, if you're up in the upper Northwest, people say Gonzaga. That's yeah. okay. If you're in California, Southern California, you say gun like NRA Second Amendment, Gonzaga. Yep. So either Gonzaga or Gonzaga are acceptable. Gonzaga is never acceptable. And you know what that is? It, so I grew up outside of Chicago. And do you know what we call Oregon? Oregon. Oregon. Yep. So it's it's very similar. And people, I will go correct my friends now. They'll say, oh, we're going to go watch the Oregon game. And I'll say Oregon. And they'll say, what about it? <laughs> what? They, they don't even hear it. How about Nevada? Uh, Nevada. Okay. Nevada, no. Yeah, Nevada is like way east, way yeah. east coast. Yeah. All right, Christopher, you, <laughs> I answered your first question. You got to answer mine. <laughs> did you have Zags or USC in the Elite Eight? Uh, I had Zags uh, for sure. I did not have USC. Uh, I did think they were going to make some noise. I thought I was more, I was more on Colorado and I was more on Oregon State than I was anybody else. Uh, and Colorado looked like world beaters in their oh. first game. Oh yeah, Georgetown. shooting <laughs> shooting a thousand percent for three pointer. Uh, and then obviously the the wheels completely. Talk about a reversion to the mean. Um, but I just you know if you watched UCLA lost last last of their three games and like looked pretty mediocre all year and SC felt like typical SC kind of across their sports, right? A lot of talent, big names, but they're staying for a year or two and uh, nobody's sticking around. Nobody's getting coached up and, you know, a lot of talent, but don't really go anywhere. So uh, I am beyond Florida. It wouldn't have shocked me if SC made a final four. I would have been surprised, but not shocked. The fact that UCLA is there is, is mind boggling to me. It's wild. Have you ever since, well, first of all, back in the first four, did you pick them against Michigan state? Uh, so everything I was involved in is you got one or the other. You didn't have to take, you didn't have to take one. Uh, we did. So we did do our believe in betting LA. We did, uh, we handicapped that game and both myself and Sam, my co-host, uh, we took UCLA just because we thought they had something more to play for the Michigan state that looked like they didn't even want to be there. But, you know, outside of that, it's, it's crazy. You know, with some of the things I'm involved in the value people got by taking us uh, UCLA because they were, you know, it's the old two team. You get both Michigan state and UCLA, but nobody, nobody wants to pay for somebody that thinks going to get knocked out right away. Now this is hindsight and people may be rolling their eyes at me, but after that Michigan state game, I really did like UCLA the rest of the way. And some of my close friends can vouch for me because I had that money line against Alabama, just watching them play, especially that second game against Abilene, even though it's Abilene. UCLA looked like they were peaking in all the right ways. And that's, that's exactly what happened, right? They, they played, I mean, I guess Michigan was technically the toughest game, but the Michigan state game was basically the hardest game they played. Right. Uh, and that's, you know, what is it? You know, I asked a friend of mine who who's involved in college sports and he said, you know, normally I would tell you that it's, it's because they're in the, they're in the bubble, right? There's no, they're not taking classes. They're not going out. They're not seeing friends. It's like, all you're focusing in, in, on the tournament. So you practice, you eat with the team, you play. That's all you do. But with COVID and with the bubble, like there's not a lot of that outside stuff going on anyway. So he said it's hard for him to explain how UCLA kind of 
flipped that switch and is now has now put it together. But it's kind of the, you know, the appeal to me of, of college basketball is that the games are short. And if you get hot and you it's you can do it right. And you can carry over because you play two games in two days, basically. Um, and that I think that's what you're seeing is a UCLA team that for whatever reason, the switch got flipped. You know, uh, I, I still wouldn't tell you that I think they're a super talented team. You know, I think that some of those guys have definitely, you know, uh, Juzang has has now you know come on the national stage. I think I just saw an interview with Kenny Smith. Like the guy probably just made himself $10 million, right. By, by playing as well as he has. Funny how that works. Funny how yeah. that works. It, oh, and who you was score, that? You score 28 points in a, in a college game that short. Like that's, that's impressive. That is really impressive. You're filling it up. You do that. Quite impressive. Overall blanket trends you've noticed in the first two weekends heading into this, uh, this final four. Uh, so I have, I've been surprised at, the pricing of overs, both kind of team totals and games and halves, really, most of them are hitting. I mean, I think I've, I've trailed Gonzaga team total and first half over every game they've played. And I can't think of if they're – I bet a lot, so it's possible that they lost one or two and I don't mm-hmm. remember it. But normally when you see something like that, the price – and when I say price, I'm talking about the odds. So, you know, minus 120, minus 130. Normally books start increasing that exponentially. So if you want to bet the Gonzaga over, you're going to be paying minus 164, minus 180, something absurd. But they're not – it's minus 110. You know, it's minus 120. The prices are not outrageous. And it, it has been surprising to me that they, they haven't adjusted uh, and they haven't kind of increased that because – Nobody likes to cheer for an under, right? The public loves to cheer for the over. That's where that's where most money gets gets down, and I've I have been pretty shocked shocked by that. Well, just between you and me, Christopher, I got uh, I just got first half team total over minus thirty eight and a half at one twenty. Yep. So that's about right. Do you yeah, like or like love that. that? You got to love that. I like it because so what was say say the number again? It was thirty thirty eight and a half first thirty eight and a half. So. I mean, it's, it seems like probably a pretty fair price to me. And it like, it's hard, it's hard for me to comprehend how Gonzaga doesn't score 40 points in the first half um, until it happens. Right. So the thing about the way I bet and the way I would encourage anybody listening to bet is listen, if you're just doing it to get a sweat, you know, every, every other weekend, every weekend, you want to bet a game, you want to throw 50 or hundred bucks down on what you feel like is going to happen, go for it. But if you're doing long-term betting, you want to make sure you price shop. So that's something that I'll keep hitting on here is don't overpay for that. So like 120 is probably a fair market price. That's probably what it should be going for. But if you want that and it's minus 130, minus 140, I'm going to beg you to stay away. And if it's the other side is is plus, you know, plus 110 on an under, uh, which isn't going to happen, that's probably good value. And, and you should jump on something like that. But what you did that is smart is if you feel confident, especially in overs, we call those public plays, like overs or taking a favorite, get them early in the week because Joe Public isn't going to sit down at their computer or jump on their phone to make that bet until the weekend comes and then the price is going to get driven up and the number could change. So get it early if you're going to do it. Does that have to do with just general favorites as well? Yeah, I think so. I think I think a lot, you know, people, listen, the most the vast, vast majority of bettors, I like the Zags, right? I like Michigan. I like UCLA. That's what they say, right? That's the analysis they've done. Maybe they listen to a podcast. Maybe they listen to somebody on TV. And I would caution against stuff like that because you're like, oh, you know, this guy must know. This is all he does, right? All he does is basketball. Media members are lazy for lack of mainstream media members are lazy, right? It's, it, and the way I'll, I'll, I'll kind of tell you about this is the Big Ten. 
Big 10, Big 10, Big 10, Big 10, right? Big 10 this, Big 10 that. And it's because they're lazy. It's because one guy started the narrative and then the rest of the mainstream media just is parodying what they're hearing, right? They're lazy. So be very careful about listening to that podcast from the famous former player who's telling you, you know, to get all over Houston or to get all over Baylor, right? Because, because he knows, right? He's somehow in the un- inside. I'm telling you, those guys do probably less, less research than you and I uh, before they get down and, and, and bet a game. So be very cautious about where you're getting your information from, especially if somebody's trying to sell it to you. All right. Speaking of, by the way, that's sage advice. I love it. Speaking yeah. of that first game, Houston Baylor, what do you like? If you had to pick uh, two plays in that game and yeah, you can so, in- include player props if you want. Yeah. So I like most of the player props I've looked at and I think they're going to stay this way is it's not really worth, worth playing many of them because they're, the prices are too high. You know, I'm seeing minus 120 or over, you know, over and under, right? And that's, you're paying a premium just to, to get a bet down on, on a player prop. Again, if you're doing it casually and you really love it, uh, in fact, the one, the one prop that I liked, I know it's getting off task, I'll get back to Houston, but the one prop I did like was Corey Kispert under 16 and a half points at even money. Every other thing I saw was minus 115, minus 120. So if you're dying for a prop, unders aren't sexy, but at least that's fair value. That's good value on Kispert. As far as Houston goes, I like them a lot. Baylor's look tough. Uh, they just they don't look they they just don't look like the Zags. They don't look rattled. Like they've never seemed like they've been stressed about it. Um, so what I'm going to probably play in that game is under. I'm probably going to take the under and on Houston for their team total, which is 63 and a half is what I saw right now. I think I'm going to take that under, and then I'm probably going to take Baylor in the game. I just, you know, Houston is a team I really like, but I haven't seen them. I haven't seen them kind of play to the way I thought they were going to and Baylor's look tough. And again, the price, the price on that game has been, has been pretty fair, you know, minus 110, minus 115. If you get that, uh, that's what I would take Baylor um, on the spread and the points. Final four, you know, playing in a football stadium. This will be the first time in Lucas Oil that they're not playing on the split courts. Obviously, yep. w- one of these games is always terrible when you play in yep. a giant football stadium. It's like in the in the high 40s, low 50s. Is that potentially yep. this game? I think it absolutely could be. Um, you know, Houston doesn't play, or they haven't played particularly fast. Um, I think if anybody's going to push the push the pace, I think it's going to be Baylor. But yeah, you know, you get to the stadium matters, right? And that's why you saw a ton of overs and a ton of points in the bubble, in the NBA bubble, because of the lighting, because they were, they went out of these huge arenas into basically yeah. small high school size high gyms. School gym. yep. And yep. it's, it's lighting, it's, it's your backdrop and it's noise, right? And, and the feel to that as a player is so much different when you're in this cavernous stadium and sound is bouncing off and you just don't get the quite feel, the same feel when you're dribbling and it's reverberating and it takes it takes you honestly a half to, to have to get over that. Um, so, you know, an under first half probably wouldn't be a bad bet either in that Houston Baylor game, but you're right. One of the games is always terrible. You're going to, the halftime score is going to be, you know, 21 to 17. Right. Uh, and I, I would, I would more likely than not think that would be the Houston Baylor game because Zaga just looks, looks fierce, man. One of the, the things my friends like to do, I myself included is let's say halftime, Houston's winning, I don't know, 27, 25. Generally, we're going to hammer the favorites who we would hammer Baylor. Is that a fallacy? It doesn't. So basically, the books always think there's going to be a reversion to the mean, right? So uh, a good example was um, who did Michigan play before UCLA? I can't remember now. But 
they were up and were getting two points in the second half, just in the second half. And the books think that there's going to be a reversion. Uh, I think it was, it was at Oregon state um, is going to catch up. Right. So I don't think there's any bearing other than remember that the books believe in their first number, right? They believe in that first number they let off for the full game total. And the second half is almost just a reflection of that. It just evens out what they thought was going to be in the first half. So, you know, a good thing. It's another Gonzaga thing you might want to do is if they're getting for some insane reason, if they're getting points at the beginning of the second half, I would take them. Uh, I would take them just on the second half because the team the team doesn't let up. You know, I saw Mark Few call a timeout after I think SC went on like a 5-0 run. And when you go on a 5-0 run, it's simply one missed shot and the other guy making one, right? And it gets in front of it. And I just, I just don't see, it's hard for me to conceptualize that. So if the books are giving you an opportunity because they're being a little lazy, uh, go ahead and jump on that in the second half. So you were talking about the Florida State-Michigan game. That's uh, right. Michigan was up 11, 32-21, and then they got two points. They ended up, covering by a mile they won yeah. they they outscored them in the second half 44 37 and so you right. think so okay but what's the number i mean there's got to be a number if the zags are up 25 at halftime you're still thinking give me those well, so it's you know is it, if it's just a second half bet i like them a lot right i like the zags a lot if it's you're kind of live betting it and you're picking the you know taking the game whatever the amount of points that that uh ucla yeah. is going to be getting i would take it you know assume you've watched the game right what dumb stuff do you see happening? You know, is UCLA just missing open shots? In that case, I probably get on UCLA because those things do tend to tend to revert back and they start falling a little bit. But are they shooting contested shots? Are they playing sloppy? Are they making turnovers? In that case, that's probably more of a, a effect of Gonzaga enforcing their will on them yeah. uh, and making them play play improperly. So again, the books the books aren't going to check that stuff. The books are, are loyal to their number. Uh, which is the way to do it because they're playing all the time for the long run, but you have an opportunity if they're not going to adjust on something like that. I will tell you this. There's been no joke six or seven times when Gonzaga should have covered by a mile in the second half, but they took their foot off the gas. And even at the under eight minute media mark, yep. it, it looked like a sure thing, but the, the, the third unit just, just stalled yeah, out. But to that, your, that hasn't been the case in the tournament. And I looked to Norfolk state the first round, they won by 45 points or whatever yeah. the hell it was. Yeah. And I think there might be a little, that was certainly, certainly, certainly true during the regular season. I lost a bunch of money on second half. Uh, right. Second um, <laughs> but I just feel like, you know, this goes, gets away from being a whole, you know, numbers guy. And that's what I'm focused on. But like, this is Mark Few's moment, right? Um, the guy isn't going anywhere. He's made a bunch of money, but once you've kind of achieved that status, I think you need, you want that ring, right? You want that banner. Uh, so that you're always talked about. And when you're, when you're calling timeouts, when USC just, you miss one shot and USC hits one and that's considered a five run. Like, I think they're locked in. I think this is, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if they were up big, you know, 25 points with four minutes left and the starters are still out there because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just relentless at this point. So it sounds like that second game, you haven't come out and said it, but uh, you like the Zags every which way. I do. I just don't, uh, you know, and the prices are pretty even. So uh, it, it is harder to handicap these games for me because handicap's not even the right word because I just bet where the value lies. Um, there isn't a ton of money bet on the individual games in college basketball in the tournament because most people, your most casual bettors, most Joe public are involved in brackets, right? 
So they put their hundred bucks down at the beginning of the tournament. And then more often than not, they're not, you know, they're cheering for their team, right? They're cheering for the teams they have that they want to win or lose. They're not necessarily getting money down in the game. So it's hard to affect the price, but you know, just eye of the tiger, right? It's, uh, you know, as much as UCLA has looked like a completely different team, the Zags have too a little bit because like you said, like a lot of second half letdowns, a lot of that, it, it seems like that's gone out the window. Like, you know, few is, is turned into a military general here and that there is no, there is no uh, letdown now. So final four right now of the four teams for the Zags to cut down the nets, they're what? Last I looked, it was like minus 245 or something outrageous like that. Yeah, it's a high price, and I wouldn't. If Who, you want to, I mean, I don't. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's. I mean, and listen, they're gonna listen. They're probably gonna face Baylor, or, and, and that's gonna be a good game. Like that will that will be a ten. That's something to keep in mind too. If for some stupid reason, you know, the Baylor Houston game is just terrible. Like we like we spoke about, and it's you know Baylor plus eight and a half or plus nine and a half, like something crazy. Like Grant Baylor for sure in that championship game. If you want, I would not take who's going to win it out of the final four. I would bet the individual games. So if yeah. you like the Zags, you're going to get a better price just betting that final four game. And then when they move on, if you want to bet them again in the championship, go ahead and go ahead and do that. But don't take. You're paying kind of a premium for that for that future when I don't think you should. And like you said earlier, I think that future bet is for Joe Public, who's a UCLA yep. grad. You That's know, right. Fifty yep. bucks on UCLA to win the whole thing, and you win yep. what like seven hundred bucks. Great, sounds good. That's absolutely right. Looking ahead to that championship game, let's say perfect worlds, everyone's healthy, Baylor, Gonzaga, what's the spread going to be and what's your play? I think it's, I think it's going to be Gonzaga getting five and a half against Baylor. Um, and I think that's, I think it's going to be a, a tough game and watch it finish at six. Like watch the Zags win by six, which is probably, probably what will happen. But um, you know, as much as you don't want to bet against your team, if you are invested in kind of making yourself as much money as possible and, and value, I'm almost certain the value is going to lie with, with Baylor because leading up to the game, it's going to be a nonstop Zags fest. Um, you know, Baylor, I think has flown under the radar a little bit. I don't think they've had a lot of tough games and I'm a guy who was not, I wasn't super pro Baylor going into this, uh, at all, but just workman, like, you know, never have seemed in real trouble, um, confident, savvy, like no panic, uh, in, in that, in that team. So, uh, that's where your value is going to lie is almost certainly, certainly taking Baylor, uh, regretfully. Okay. Outside of Corey Kispert, last question for you, your best player prop for the so, Zags. Yeah. For the Zags, I really like, so that Kispert prop and so that's, you have the uh, Kispert prop under 16 and a half, under but, 16 and a half points, but, but you like it because it's even money. You're not I like it because juice. it's, it's, it's yeah. the best value. I don't yeah. necessarily think Kispert, listen, he's either, he either is or he's going to, isn't right. right. Uh, it's not like you need to need to overanalyze it or something. It, it's going to depend a little bit on the game, but um, it's a little bit of a future bet. Uh, I like Timmy uh, for most outstanding player at plus plus one sixty seven, And I think you might be able to even do a little bit better on that. I think that might, that might get up to one seventy five, and uh you know, everybody likes a Fu Manchu and uh, everybody likes a headband. And he's just, uh, you know, the thing that I love about the Zags is if you watch the offenses for basically every team, it's pick and roll, right? And you've got basically two guys involved in the offense, maybe three, maybe there's a cutter after the pick and roll happens, right? Not with the Zags. Everybody's moving all the time. Even when Tim gets the ball on the post and he's going to work, you still got 
Suggs and Kispert flying around the outside. They're screening for each other. They're getting open. Now, Timmy's going up with it no matter what. But the constant motion in that offense is something you basically don't see from any other program because they're all beholden to we just run the pick and roll and then the other guys stand around. And I think that gives you an opportunity with a guy when there's that much movement, a guy like Timmy just feasts. You know, you get him the ball. He doesn't have – he's not getting swamped by double teams because there's no movement on the outside. Chris Lewert, Believe in Betting LA. If you're listening to this podcast, you already know it's B-L-E-A-V in Betting LA. Chris, any any uh, final words of wisdom before I let you enjoy your weekend? Um, enjoy the game. You know, again, price shop. Don't overpay for whatever you're doing. Look at a couple sites, right? If you can, ask your friends if they're on different sites than you're on. Don't be afraid to ask a buddy and say, oh, you're getting minus 110. I'm seeing minus 120. In the long run, price shopping and betting value is how you make money in gambling long-term again, you're betting $50 every other weekend, then don't sweat it. But if you're doing it long-term shop, 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 shop. All right. Final last question. What, give me a story of uh, one time when you, you paid the juice, like minus 140, minus 145. And you, you said it was an okay thing to do. So a lot of, especially this season, uh, a lot of money line NBA bets, you know, taking the bets, taking the bucks at like minus 280 or something like that on a money line. <sighs> And it is a lot to pay, right? But when the fair market value of that game is minus 340, minus 350, it's still a good bet. And listen, I've got burned, right? Nothing sucks more than, you know, betting $1,000 on a game to win 200. Or that's the one, um, that's the one leg in your parlay was the minus yep. 350 that doesn't come it, through for you. Yeah, so it's, it's not, well, don't, don't bet parlays is another thing. Unless you're <laughs> there it is. Okay, unless one more unless you're, Yeah, unless you're screwing around, but... You know, those things hurt. Uh, you'll always hear some story about some guy putting 30 down, you know, and this is going to happen, right? Uh, in the Zags game, somebody's going to bet $35,000 on the Zags money line, right? Uh, you know, to win five. And like, it's just not really worth putting your money at risk like that. But if you know for a fact, you're like, holy smokes, this book, I'm, you know, my buddy just bet um, Gonzaga at, at, you know, minus 350. And I'm looking at my book and it's minus 275. Oh my God. Grab it, man. Does he like, not, does he not listen to your podcast? Right. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead and grab it. But that's like, you know, don't put yourself in a situation where you're uncomfortable. Gambling is, is about making profits, but it's also about enjoying the game. And if you're, if you're going to be sweating it too much, like go ahead and, you know, stick to those minus one time bets. It's fine. All right, Chris. Thanks a lot, buddy. Go Zags. Yeah. Appreciate it, Jack. From the corner. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.